it's hard for everyone when they first start and it's like a skill that you would pick up. And the example that I use when I'm mentoring people is I often say, guys, if you were a professional actor in Hollywood, how many times would you retake one scene sometimes hundreds of times until the director feels like, yes, I've got the perfect thing. And we really give ourselves a hard time when we step in front of the camera and we expect to do everything in one take. It's not realistic. Welcome to this special edition of the Yogi Misfits podcast with Celeste. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Celeste, how are you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, Danny. And thank you so much for, you know, inviting me to be on your podcast. This is so great. We're starting. Uh, this is our first episode of our podcast series that we did for the business of yoga for yoga teachers. So everyone gets this extra special bonus content. Yes. And just quick context. We actually shot this during the uh, recorded this during the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So if you hear us referring to that, that's why we're talking about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And because of the podcast and because we got so much feedback, uh, Celeste and I also want to mention that we have our yoga business mentorship group starting um, online. It's going to start in October. Um, and yeah, space is limited. Come hang out with me and Celeste. Yeah, you guys are going to get so much value from us. And it's really off the back of all of the people writing to us, begging us to do this. So we had to respond to the need. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado... Here goes episode one of the Business of Yoga special series. Celeste, we're live both on Woo! Instagram and on a podcast. This is very exciting. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, for, the, for those of you guys that are just uh, tuning in, um, uh, Celeste is uh, a wonderful yoga teacher based out of uh, the UK, and we became friends through our mutual friend, and yeah, and then that was pretty much it. And then we were yeah. kind of just chatting the other day um, about doing a live class, and Celeste had the brilliant idea of saying, well, why don't we do uh, something that would be more supportive of teachers and do a live based on how to teach yoga and how we can support teachers best um, while they're going through all this COVID time. And then I said, well, why don't we podcast it too? So we're just, we're coming at you in every, <laughs> every single direction, every way, shape, and form. You <laughs> 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 okay guys and also for those of you who are from my community that are joining in i just want to say a big big thank you um danny is obviously someone who is super successful in a very difficult city like um san francisco it's very saturated with lots of yoga teachers and yet you have carved out such an incredible following for yourself i don't even know if your podcast listeners know how amazing you actually are i think we need to like Man. Shout this from the rooftops. <laughs> it's very sweet of you. I don't know. I'm just I'm just teaching yoga. <laughs> like, I, I, I just show up and teach yoga. It's really it. cool. It's really cool just to hear about other yoga teachers that are doing well. Like I always like get this buzz when I hear about someone saying, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm absolutely killing it. I get the shiver down my spine of like, yes. Um, and so yeah, yeah, my big thing is how can we get more of that happening in the yoga world? Yeah, I think, you know, like there's 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 a lot to it, right? Like one, we have to define what success means and also you know, like let's let's dive in. Success to everyone is a little bit different and Dharma Mitra said this to me where he he basically in the kindest way said 
your dharma this lifetime may be to teach to a hundred million people and your dharma this lifetime may be to teach to two people and if you're going into teaching yoga for the gift of teaching yoga like they're both the same they're both one and the same now you know if it was back in the day like way way back in the day and we were teaching yoga we would be um probably uh, doing walk uh, like walks around many different villages and towns people would stay us up in their houses uh they would feed us uh, we would stay there and then maybe go head up to a cave or some sort of temple and guard that and then study there and people would bring us food and then we would go and we would travel and we'd wander and we'd do that stuff. It is 2020 oh. and that is, <laughs> that is definitely that not the life of a yoga teacher. <laughs> and I think also just to your point, a lot of teachers feel like there is a um, an emotional sort of self-limiting belief that if they do earn good money as yoga teachers, that they probably are maybe not, they're not really on a spiritual path. They may be yeah. selling themselves short, that they maybe yeah. aren't real. Um, there, There is this disparity with like, oh, I'm a yoga teacher. Oh, I'm earning a lot of money. Oh, I'm a bad person. There's, there is yeah. a little bit of that in the yoga world. And I... Yeah. I think that's really a shame given the fact that actually life is so expensive and you do need, guys, we don't have pension. We don't have a yeah. knight in shining armor that's going to give us their trust fund. You know, we've yeah. got to make sure that we provide for ourselves. And there's no reason why we shouldn't have a life of abundance just because we're yoga teachers. So I, I'd like to kind of just, I, I want to break this down um, a, like in a few different ways. And I also want to start this entire, before we even move forward, there are going to be a lot of people out there that disagree with a lot of the things that I say, and I'm totally okay with that. I'm not here to make everybody happy, nor would I want to try to make everybody happy. I, You're going to hear a lot of the stuff that maybe both Celeste and I say a million different ways from a million different people. We're just trying to share with you guys what has worked best for us and what we can genuinely speak to and, and what we what we believe in, and that's it. And you can you know agree or disagree with that disagree with it. It's fine. You're a dumb, dumb dodo head. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but let's talk about the money part of it. So let's just kind of, let's just kind of, let's just, let's just work with that um, segment and then let's dig into the nuts and bolts of actually how to make you successful as a yoga teacher. Money is not even pieces of paper these days. It is just these digital signs that we see on screens for most of it, right? Yeah. Money is not bad. Money is not good. Uh, plant my plants in my house they are not bad nor are they good it's the energy that you put behind it that makes something bad or makes something good so like anything else you can be this is what i love about the buddhist teachings you can be an overabundance in anything it just really an over intoxication of anything it really just depends on how you're doing it right in order for us to provide a service and again this is what we are doing we are helping people in a very tangible way we need to eat, we need to sleep, we need to rest, we need to nurture our bodies, so on and so forth. We need to have so a forth. mortgage, we need to have a car, we need to pay for our grandma's hospital bills, Th we need to different... buy a rainforest if that's our goal. Yeah, there are different things that we have to do to just take care of ourselves. And I have to pay for education. I have to pay mm. to, to study yoga. I have to pay to study biomechanics. I have to pay for this podcast, which doesn't make any money, you know, but I'm and putting it's expensive. this. Yeah, it's super expensive. It, all yeah. of this is. And I am doing it one because I love to do it. Right. So that's, that's definitely a thing. I definitely love to do this. And I would be lying to everybody if I said, 
there wasn't some part of me that wanted to also make what I call success. Mm-hmm. I like living in San Francisco. I love my apartment. I love riding my motorcycle. Those are things. They're not needs. And I, and I want to understand that. But what we do is a service, whether you're getting a haircut, whether you're going to whatever it is, there is this exchange in this day and age that we live in. Yeah. Money is the barrier in that exchange. Definitely. Does that make sense? Totally. So there's not there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make money. There's nothing wrong with exchanging money for yoga services. It is just an exchange of energy. I am showing up fully present into a room. I am giving all my heart, my soul, everything that I've studied the last 10 years, uh, you know, the teachings, the Dharma, all of that. And in exchange, I mean, hey, if someone wants to give me an apartment and charge me no rents and, you know, buy me groceries every week, I'll take it. I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys would rather me forward you my cell phone bill and things like that, like, I'll do it. That's cool, too. (laughs) But that's not how that's not how it works. So. I think what ends up happening is not necessarily that money is the thing. It's the imposter syndrome that's the thing. It's yes. I don't deserve this money. Yes. I don't deserve to make this much. I don't know enough, so I shouldn't be this successful. At the end of the day, a lot of these blockages, what I find for, for me, where I was afraid of my own success. I was afraid of me. And we were know, finding any to- excuse. Totally. Money was an excuse. I don't know enough was an excuse. So-and-so has already done it as an excuse. Um, Just there's, we can think of anything in this world because actually the big thing that came out of all the questions that we asked you guys was everyone's afraid. Yeah. There's just so much fear. Oh, I don't know how to build a following, Um, how to make life easier. I'm like, nothing's easy, dudes. Nothing's going to be easy. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know how, I don't, I don't, I'm not popular on Instagram. Um, you know, right. like all these things, it's just, guys, it's always going to be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to be easy. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, um, if you kind of just r- peel away all those layers and you just really honest with yourself at the end of the day, it's either because you love it or because you're afraid. That's where your actions will always divert to. So it's important to just establish which one is your mm-hmm. decision-making pointing towards. Yeah. And, and, you know, all yoga, a lot of this, stuff, like this is what I love to do. I, I, when I lead the lecture of like the business of yoga, I love to add yoga philosophy in it. And I love to add the elements of yoga in it because it's all yoga. It really is all yoga. Right. But if you're going in and you're practicing that, that rigorous honesty, and like, you know, that this is part of your life and your, your, your purpose and da, 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 then, then really you're, you're, you're so in it, you're in the moment, you're in the now, these decisions, these whatever, they don't really matter because you're in it. You're already just going into what you're, what you're passionate about or what it is that you're doing. Uh, you know, I will say that having a really solid mindfulness practice will pull out the imposter syndrome. And in fact, having a really solid mindfulness practice, you know, meditation practice, a sitting practice we sit so that we can observe, right? We sit so that we can see the things come and go, you know, whether you want to use the analogy of the clouds in the sky or the, the, the stuff's flowing down the stream or whatever, but you feel and see the imposter syndrome coming and you're just like, oh, here's the thing. It's a thought and there it goes, right? Just like the feeling of let's, you know, the feeling of fear. I am afraid of my own success or I am afraid of making money or I'm afraid afraid of seeing myself on camera. That was a big one that came up. And I'm just like, 
We're all afraid of it. Do you think I like seeing my mug staring back at me and listening to my own voice? Oh, we all have that. I mean, if if anybody in this planet looks at themselves on the camera constantly goes, oh, yeah, obviously you don't want to be like that. That's narcissism. You know, if if you have any kind of doubt in yourself on a camera, tell yourself, I'm a real person. I don't have that narcissistic edge, but hey, we just have to go for it anyway, because yeah. what, what, how are we going to build this business that we've got in our vision? Well, and, and the other thing I'll say to that too, is like, you know, it's, they're, they're feelings, you guys, but they're, ju- they're just feelings. And, uh, you know, com- being completely honest, uh, yesterday I was extremely pissed off. I was super <laughs> pissed off yesterday and I woke up today and I was no longer pissed off, but I'm still here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're Thursday, I was here, and it's was gonna re- go like this. Yes, Thursday, I was really sad. I was really sad on Thursday, and then I woke up on Friday, and I wasn't sad anymore. And I'm still here. I am not my feelings. Okay, you know, feelings are yeah. feelings are a part of it. Feelings are gonna come. Feelings are gonna go. But I am not my feelings. You know, I have them, and so I want to be mindful of them, and I want to be aware that they're there. And you know, I want to, I want to call them out, but I also don't want to just buy into them because that's just drama. That's a, you guys were really creative up here, man. The, some of the story, like sometimes I just sit back and like, listen, cause the stories that we create are really good up here. Like they're pretty, there's some really good, like telenovelas in there. I mean, one girl <laughs> wrote the question. She said, you know, I don't like how my face looks and my mouth does funny things when I talk. And I don't think anyone will follow me or something before, because of that. I can't remember exactly what she said. And, you know, the example that I use often is, you know, some of the most successful people on the internet have got bad scars, very overweight, have been through car accidents, have lost limbs. I mean, yeah. one of the guys that I follow, um, he's not the traditional person that you expect to be famous and good, but he's doing so well and he's got no arms and no legs, you know? And I know some people with multiple scler- sclerosis who are faced with insurmountable challenges every day just to yeah. get out of bed. And and a lot of these people are actually quite successful in the internet. And I actually personally like it when I see someone with a real face and that isn't necessarily totally perfect all the time, you know, who talks in their own unique, passionate way. I'm not after perfection as a consumer. And I think that we need to get out of our heads that this, again, I think is just an excuse not to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of it is just, again, the story that we tell in our head is buying into the drama and what helps pull you away from the drama being in the practice. You know, when you're in line with the yamas and the niyamas, when you're, you know, sitting there, when you're even the nuance, you know, whether you want to go on a philosophical route or whether you want to go on just a, a biomechanical route, when you are in the body, when you are in, I don't know, one of Celeste's class learning about joint articulation of your hip, which was, by the way, killed me that day uh, <laughs> at Equinox. Um, you know, listening, drawing your mind's eye, your awareness into the subtle nuances of your body is teaching you mindfulness. It's teaching you yoga. It's teaching you yoga practices, right? And when you are dialed into the practice, everything else is going to, like, there is no question. You're in flow state is what I like to call it. You know, yeah. when you're in that, when you know that you're keeping honest, right? When you know that you're doing the things, then it's all good, you know? And, and, and even the stories and whatnot, they start to step away. I want to talk a little bit about fear. Um, and those of you that have, have worked with me on this before, there is a really brilliant analogy that I have heard, you know, about fear. And it's fear stands for false expectations appearing real. You know, it's something in our mind that hasn't even happened yet. And fear is not a bad thing, y'all. 
fear is something that is it can actually really, you know, fear in a lot of situations is the thing that says, yeah, yeah, 100%. You're walking down the street and it says, maybe I want to go in the lighted route, you know, or maybe I, maybe I don't want to walk alone tonight or whatever it is that you're doing. Fear is not the end of the world. It's when we let fear be an over in abundance or an over intoxication, Mm -hmm. just like money, just like whatever, you know, just like doing too much physical yoga, doing too much pranayama and you're just in the clouds the entire time, you know, (laughs) you've got to find balance and fear can actually teach you a lot. Fear can teach you a lot and it can bring you to some really cool places and realizations. You just, you don't just, you have an opportunity to strengthen your relationship with it and get to know it. What I find for me, yeah, what I find for me personally is fear is a a lot of it tends to, you know, just again, from my personal life, a lot of it tends to be a really scared, you know, seven or 10 year old Danny that's like, oh, well, you know, you grew up poor or whatever it was and, you know, you're going to be this or you can't be successful because you didn't grow up like that. And I just have to like be like, hey, thank you so much for getting me here. Thanks. Thanks for so much for getting me to this this far. I'm going to pick you up now. I'm going to hold you and we're going to be OK and we're going to move know. on this. together. And I'm going to. Oh, you can just put them down and say, I'll get back to you later. <laughs> and then you can. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Someone has literally just written, I find it very difficult to talk in front of the camera. And I just want to kind of say this, that it's hard for everyone when they first start. And it's like a skill that you would pick up. And the example that I use when I'm mentoring people is I often say, guys, if you were a professional actor in Hollywood, how many times would you retake one scene? Sometimes hundreds of times until the director feels like, yes, I've got the perfect thing. And we really give ourselves a hard time when we step in front of the camera and we expect to do everything in one take. Yeah, It's not realistic. Yeah. You know, don't don't be afraid of the camera. And also just practice. It's just a skill. For the person that that wrote that in, uh, you know, Piamo, like you didn't, you didn't walk into teacher training and then you just like, you knew it all, right? You, you, I'm sure at some point in your teacher training, they had you, you know, say things out loud. They had you teach just sun salutation A, and then they had you teach maybe sun salutation B. And then you started to layer and layer and layer and layer. And then that's, you know, eventually um, where, where, where you got. Um, I think Celeste, maybe we, we start to move into like the more like tangible things on, 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 on what, I'm excited about the next section. So <laughs> Celeste, Celeste and I can both geek out on this. And if there is one thing that I want you guys to take from today's conversation, it is the concept of progressions and regressions. Okay. So when we look at this in biomechanics, there's basically a baseline of where something starts. And then, you know, you make things a little more accessible or you can make things a little more challenging. Now, the concept of progressions and regressions is... A lot of times in order to progress something, you have to regress it, okay? So let's take the concept of, oh, I don't know, uh, high lunge, okay? Just so that everyone understands the framework on this. High lunge can be a pretty challenging pose. If you don't have the strength, I don't know, in the legs or the glutes or somewhere in high lunge to, to, to come up, you would bring the back knee down and then you work on that, maybe some drills to strengthen the legs. And then eventually you can get up into high lunge, right? And if you're in high lunge and that's already like a piece of cake, then maybe you put a block in your hands over your head and that makes it a little more challenging, right? So the concept of progressions and regressions in everything that you do in life and in business. So if you're afraid of teaching in front of people live on the camera, then regress it. Do a short little video of you filming yourself 
watch that for two minutes until you're comfortable, right? And once you get comfortable with that, maybe you call, you were, you you add a progression. You call one friend and say, hey, can I FaceTime you for five minutes and teach you a yoga class really quick while I look at myself? And then you feel good about that. And then you progress it again. You say, okay, let's do a, a, a friend FaceTime call where you can add like two or three people. And then you do that. And if at some point somewhere in there, fear comes along or, or you lose a step in there, then just regress that again. And then, and, and then go back to the one and two, you're okay there. And then eventually you start to build up and up and up and up and up and so on and so forth. Yes, in everything business and everything yoga and honestly, in, in conversations that you have in life, really the concept of progressions and regressions, and I'll lead back to this in everything that we talk about in, in all these podcasts, I'll talk a lot about these progressions and regressions in everything that we do. So start with, start with that in, in your mind, yogis, and, and, and anyone tuning in, this concept of progressions and regressions is not just for physical movement, biomechanics, blah, 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 blah. It's also in your studies. It's also in your business. It's also in blah, 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 every single thing that you do. So yeah. So let's start, let's start there. And then Celeste, take it away. What's the first thing that well, we're, we're getting into? Let's have a little think. I mean, a lot of people were asking things like, they were like, look, how do I increase my numbers for my Zoom classes? How do I incre- mm-hmm. increase my presence and my engagement? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I just wanted to say that with growing an online following, the most important thing that you can do as a practitioner is think about how you can add value. And, you know, I really find it interesting that so many people, you know, they they want to grow a following and they want to make money off the back of a following, but you're not giving people a reason to part with their cash. Like I'll land on an Instagram page and let's say I'm mentoring someone and they go, I really want to grow my Zoom classes. I'll be like, okay, let me look at your Instagram, for example. And I'll be like, well, if I didn't know you as my friend, why would I buy your classes? You've not given me a reason to. You've not shown me what you're about. What's your passion? What do you know? How can you make my life better? Can you teach me something that I've never learned before? How can mm-hmm. you get me into a pose I've never done before? It's all about thinking, how can I add more value? And so if you can just take a moment in your own business to sit back and think about your life experience, maybe you've survived cancer, maybe you had a divorce situation which was really difficult, maybe you have a child that has um, maybe some kind of difficulties and you've had to navigate that, those experiences are not something to box up and put in your closet and forget about. Think about how those have enriched you as a person and how can you then take those experiences and use them to inspire other people that are going through very similar things because ultimately we're all going through unique experiences but we're we are full to think we're the first one right. you know there's other people and there's a million there's billions of people on the planet you don't think that someone's going to relate to your story and yeah. even if it's not in the exact format like let's say you have a child and this child's maybe got some kind of difficulty and you're really having to navigate that as a parent Maybe the child that your audience has has got a different challenge, or maybe they're just a parent, but you can still relate that feeling of being a mom or a dad, having to provide for a little being and that being difficult. So I'm using that as an example, because I feel like so many people are parents and they, they forget that actually this is one of the most valuable experiences that you can impart some of your wisdom. Don't box that up. Don't think that it's not worth 
worthy. And I think that this comes to a whole topic of authenticity and transparency. And people have a big time issues with really sharing their true voice and sharing their true experiences, because it might be that they feel they could be judged for that. And I personally just want to say that that goes back to the fear chat that we had at the start of this live, which right. some people asked, when did we start? We started 24 minutes ago, just in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> we all have to deal with those feelings. You're not alone with that. Um, but just remember, if you can help one person, that's amazing. Like, that's why you got into teaching yoga in the first place. So hold on to that. So um, start by adding value and start by thinking about what it is that's happened in your life that you can use to leverage that value. Yeah, I, I mean, I love all that. Like the, the the part two that that I think about is not only being authentic. You know, I think as yoga teachers, I know I'm guilty of it, right? I'm on Instagram and I just see all of my yoga teacher friends. So I'm like, oh my god, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing. Oh my god, oh my god, I'm not doing enough. They're doing that. Oh, I got to do that too. I got to have my practice. Oh, so we're, su we're surrounded by our yoga colleagues. You have two that ways you have, that are crushing it. You have two ways of going into this. You can choose to see everyone as competition or you can choose to see everyone as a colleague. And I don't know about you guys, but I do not have the time, the energy to make everyone competition. I'm just not going to do it. I would rather hang out with everyone and be cool with everyone and make friends with everybody than try to see like, that's not the way that it goes. Like the, the, you create that barrier for yourself. You create that resistance for yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Going back to the authenticity part. Those of you that are new coming out of teacher training, you're probably going to sound like the people that taught you in teacher training for a really long time. Yeah. And that's okay because you have to integrate that information. You have to integrate it and make it yours and make sense of it. As Celeste was saying, you know, you might have gone through cancer, da 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 da. Whatever your story is, it's unique to you. And that is enough. And I'll repeat that. That is enough. You don't have to be more inspiring. You don't have to have come from the slums. You didn't have to survive a car accident and then you taught yoga. You might have just woken up and been like, I really want to teach yoga. I really like it. And that is enough. There doesn't have to be this whatever. Your passion. Yeah. Your, I mean, your I don't passion. have a big story. You know, yeah. I don't have yeah. a big story to share with the world. But but my passion is obviously anatomy and biomechanics. And I I guys, just just FYI, I didn't even leave university knowing what I know now. Like it took right. so much time to get to this point. And do you know what I do before every single post? You think I just know all the stuff off the back of my head? I go and research things. I'm on internet. I look at YouTube videos. In fact, I go so far as to be very honest with you going, someone's asked me to teach a workshop. I'm going to do it on hips. Now, of course, I know some things about a hip, about hips, but I don't know everything. So before the workshop, I do research for hours, hours and hours. And I'm researching, researching. And then I go and present that information. I don't just wake up knowing everything. And that is my journey that I'm sharing with you. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be that I've survived, you know, some kind of illness. But my journey is the fact that I'm constantly trying to learn more and I'm trying to impart that in a digestible way to you guys. Right. Yeah. And and and, and where you're at in, in your teaching is also enough. You know, if you've only been teaching for a year or for whatever, like what you know is enough. And so you teach to what you know. And, and then, you know, you learn more and then you go about it. Like, what I want everyone to remind themselves is like, 
first everyone pause, take a little break and take a breath because right now is not the time to have to be doing the most. Right now is not the time to be so much like I've got to be everything productive because I have all the time in the world and blah, 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 blah. We are going through trauma right now. And so everyone needs to take that in for a second. We're, we're going through trauma and we need to process trauma. And sometimes that's going to be really messy. So if right now you're a mess, be a mess. If right now you don't feel ready to go online because it's really scary right now, that is okay. That is totally okay to, 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 to honor yourself as a human being operating with emotions in the world right now. That being said, when you are ready and when the story isn't there and only, I mean, Celeste and I can sit here and be like, yeah, just, just stay out of fear, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be an honest conversation with yourself. You're going to know when you're bullshitting yourself and you're going to know when you're not bullshitting yourself. And when you are ready, start to think about what is your journey? Who are the people that inspire you? Who are the people that you might want to model after? For, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like who are the, like I do this all the time. My best, you know, one of my best friends, two of my best friends are super big Instagram yogis and I look up to them all the time. And, you know, I ask them for questions and comments and concerns, you know, and, and it's funny because most of the people are, are actually really, I, I, I genuinely want to see people succeed. Yeah. I want, I, I believe in yoga. It's changed my life. I think that the more yoga that's out there, the better the world is going to be. And I can't, not everyone is going to want to listen to Danny Palmbloom talk about yoga. Every, some people might come to my class and be like, this guy's a bozo. I don't want to, like, he's not my gym. Or he doesn't look I'm the part the same. She's a bit too. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like the more people teaching yoga, the better, I think, because the more people doing yoga, the world would be in a very different place. So that's, that's my caveat on that. And then I, I, I kind of want to like, just tie back. There's so much to say here. Yeah. I want to tie back into what Celeste was saying. Right. So the point of, you know, starting somewhere and sharing what you have, Yeah. every single one of you out there have value. Every yeah, single one of you that are teaching out there have value. Go ahead. Just want to say, please, please make sure what you're adding is value. Yeah. yeah. I just want to reiterate that. Okay. This is not about, of course you can share personal things, but if you're sharing your breakfast every day, people are probably not going to know why to part with their cash to go to your right. classes or your workshops. So please just, yeah, sorry. i interrupted you, Danny. Please no, continue. For sure. I love. for sure. For sure. I think, you know, uh, and the value, you guys, it doesn't have to be like, oh, whoa, I got them into a bigger pose, right? There are certain teachers that used to frustrate the crap out of me that I used to go to their classes and be like, their sequencing is horrible. It's atrocious. I would never take their class. But what I realized was people left that class feeling really good about themselves. Yeah. And what I got behind is that certain teachers were teaching passion, compassion, kindness, love, yeah. like other parts of yoga that maybe didn't resonate with me then, but they do now. And I can get, I can totally get behind that. What you offer is great. What you're, whether that's, you know, you're a biomechanics person or whatever, whatever box you want to put it in. When it comes down to, this is where we're going to get really good. I think when it comes down to what is your teaching, when Celeste is working with you as a mentor and she's saying, well, what are you giving me? You have to understand, or you have this, you don't have to, right? You have this opportunity to understand, well, what are you passionate about? You know, and when you figure out Mm, what you're passionate about, that then helps you find your people. If you try to be everything to everybody, you are going to fail. 
you need to figure out what your thing is. And that's going to change. Like that's ever growing as a teacher. For a long time, I was an anatomy teacher. Then I became a really serious bhakti teacher. Then I got into philosophy and now I'm really into Kundalini. Like, you know, that's going to shift and grow. A lot of my students have come on the journey. A lot of them have left. A lot of them come and then they leave when I change. Right. Yeah. But we're identifying where you're at right now and what you're passionate about, because there's one thing that I will buy is seeing someone talk about something they're passionately about. When I see Celeste make these little videos and she's like, I'm going to tell you about this. And she's so cute about it the entire time. Right. I'm like, I want to listen to her. She's like, she loves this shit. Look at this. You know, that makes me want to do that. That enthusiasm is maybe a little bit lacking. I think in the yoga world, there's this, I don't know if this is the right word, like austere. Is that the right word? When you're like really calm and you're very composed. And so people, you know, they really try and I know you guys are freaks. I know you guys yeah. are weirdos. I know yeah, what you it's... get you dance around your living room like a crazy person naked sometimes. I know that about you. And I just want you to tap into a little bit of that 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 excitement for what you want to share with people because people want to see that enthusiasm. Sometimes and everything's a bit like, uh, it's and- it, it, it just depends. I'll yoga it for, for Celeste. What Celeste is talking about, like very much Celeste is rajasic energy so ah, think the top of the lake where you know the the wind hits the lakes and there's waves up here that's very rajasic energy so that's where she's coming in right the tamasic energy would be like the moss that grows at the bottom of the lake now depending on where people are at in their journey some of them may be in that stillness cycle and they stay there and that's okay because they're going to be able to speak to a lot of people there however if you plan on offering something being like I like anatomy. I'm going to teach you about anatomy. I really love it. That might be hard for people to get behind. You know, I think that that chill energy can come across with a lot of sincerity and 100%. You know, and and sometimes that 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 grounds people. Like I love watching people like that especially if you can sense the passion. But I think that we need to bring our true personalities out and that goes back to your authenticity. Like if you are someone who's very calm and very chill, that's okay, but show your real self, you know, don't try and pretend you're always calm and chill and super like Zen person, you know, because people can spot bullshit a mile away. People are super intelligent. Don't underestimate the people that are following you. Um, So be yourself. And that's hard. (laughs) That takes practice on camera because camera is an unnatural thing. We have to call it out. Like it's not natural to do this. I'm staring at your face. It's weird. What I would also, you know, kind of just leading back into, to getting to know where you're at as a teacher is going to lead you into, I think, what is the most important segment. It's once you understand, sorry guys, Siren, San Francisco. Um, what Once you understand where you're at as a teacher, that's going to help you understand who your student is. Okay. So when you understand yeah. where you're, let's say, Okay. uh, Again, going back to the example, Celeste is really into biomechanics. Danny is really into bhakti right now. I am not going to walk into a room of anatomical yogis and be like, you guys, I'm going to teach you about Ganesha today and expect you to buy this Ganesha thing afterwards, because that's probably not the language that I want to speak. I also don't want to go in there and try to be like, Ganesha internally rotates his leg. Yeah. You love this, right? Like it's not going to sound very, it's not going to sound very authentic, right? It's going to sound very fake. Um, It's like, there's, there's a disconnect there, right? So understanding where you are as a teacher is going to help you identify who you're looking for, okay? There are three types of student archetypes. 
Write this down if you do not know this. Okay. First one. Does anyone want to take a guess? Celeste, do you know? Do you know what the three types? No. Okay. I don't know what you're going to say. There are, there's, there's the Celeste who are the archetypes or the architects. Sorry. These are the archetypes of students. There is Celeste who are the architects. Okay. The architects love to know how things work. They want to see the blueprints. They want to see the mechanics. They love the nuances and the details, right? That's who they are. They love to, to deconstruct everything and say, Ooh, what does this do? Right. Okay. Then there's the mystics and the mystics are the one that wants to come in and hear the, you know, the stories of Ganesh and they want to chant and they want to feel their chakras and they did this crazy pranayama and, you know, they felt, you know, the Shiva Shakti flow up their spine, whatever that is, you know, that's who they are, the mystics, right? And then the last ones are the athletes and the athletes are the ones that come into your class and they just want that's they're there for the workout. They're there, yeah. they're there for yoga. They're there for whatever it is. They're, they are there to work out. There are a lot of times studentship works in a cycle. What I see is that a lot of people start as athletes because they hear that yoga is good for them, right? And then they get into yoga and they start to understand about their body because, as I said earlier, understanding nuances in your body paying attention and bringing awareness into your body is practicing mindfulness, right? Once you create that relationship with yourself, chances are you're going to trust yourself a bit more to go a little bit deeper into the practice, which then brings you into the mystic. And then at that point, maybe you're more interested or more inclined to hear about your chakras or whatever it is, you know, that you want to work with. Where you are as a teacher is really important to understand because that's going to help you deliver a language. Your value as a teacher may be, well, I'm a crazy athlete. I love to do this, this, and this. I'm really into conditioning, yada, yada, yada. Your value is going to be to the athletes. That's what you will probably have to speak to. Uh, Someone just said, you know, I'm a mystic. This person probably is really into the philosophy and blah, 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 and can speak really well to that type of Dharma class or whatever it is. Celeste can speak to the body like no one I've ever met in my entire life. She's going to be able to attract, you know, and and her value is going to be, I might teach you a hip workshop and how to get rid of low back pain and blah, 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 because that's what she understands in her knowledge base, right? Yeah, totally. Now, that's not to say, right? Like, again, I've, I've followed this cycle a few times myself in my studentship and in my teachership. I believe that I am a well-rounded teacher in the sense that I've spent 10 plus years studying all the things because I teach 200 hour teacher trainings from start to finish on my own. So I felt like I had to get to know it all. However, because I understand where my passion lies in these three sections, like Celeste was saying, I know who my person is Mm. and I know who, what I like to now introduce is, Oh my God, that's grinding on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. No worries. You're much, much more powerful than that noise. We're going to go through it. You guys, I'm so sorry. This is what I get for living in a city. (laughs) <laughs> so because I understand, yeah, you may be into all those three things. I just, yeah, I just said that because I understand, right? These three things, there is still something that is a little more, one hits more than the other. I know that people come to my class because they want a really strong vinyasa practice. They are going to learn something about their body and they may flirt a little bit with my chanting, just the tiniest bit, right? <laughs> but because I know this, that now brings me to the next layer. 
So I understand who I am as a teacher. I've spoken authentically to my story. I've spoken authentically to, um, you know, what my value is. Yeah. Then I can find my avatar. So my avatar is who I'm looking for. Who is my avatar? Like get to know this person in your head really well. Like a muse. Would you say that the similar concept is like an artist looking for a muse? And in fact, in business, they actually use the term muse. And what they'll do is, guys, I did this many times in my business, is I would actually sit with a pen and paper and I would write pages and pages describing my ideal client to the mm-hmm. point where I gave the person a name, an age, yep. an address, a height, yep. a partner, a dog, um, what they yep. wear, where they like yep. to go, what kind of things yep. they like to do. I mean, the detail that I went into for my muse was ridiculous. Now, you might be like, but I just want to teach everyone. You cannot. No, that's a, that's a one way ticket to, to failure. If you're trying to be, if you're trying to be everything to everybody, you're, you're literally trying to please grandma who's 79, who just started yoga and, you know, Billy Joe, who's 21 and crazy athlete and wants to just like, it's just impossible. Totally. That's like trying to teach mixed levels math. It doesn't work. When you understand who your muse is, who your ideal client is, make sure that it's the type of person that you genuinely want to teach. Because remember, these are the kind of people that have to, if they come to your class, like the kind of music you like, you know? So you don't want someone who, I don't want people who hate house music in my class because that's all I play. Yeah. And I love yeah. house music. So if someone doesn't yeah. like house music, I'm like, Shh, what's up with you, man? You know, right. like, what's wrong with you? How can you not like house yeah. music? So I have to attract the kind of people that love house music. I have to, if there's someone who, you know, doesn't, like animals, you know, that hurts my feelings when someone hurts animals and, and I'll get upset by that and I'll probably have an argument with them. So I know the kind of people that I want in my community, you know, would be nice to a dog if it walked past them. Right. So I'm not saying that I've always nailed this and I'm not saying every single person in my community loves house music and dogs. They maybe come from my sequencing, but yeah. I know the majority of the people are very, very close to that muse description that I've written yeah. out. Yeah. Get to know who your person, like, just like Celeste said, I, find out how much money they make, like get to put everything on them because that's going to help you figure out what you're going to offer next. Right. Yeah. Now here's the one thing that I, I like, I'm kind of seeing these little comments too. You guys, this yoga is a business. I want, I want to clear that up, right? If it wasn't yeah. a business, then we wouldn't be having this conversation, but you are, <laughs> yeah. you, you live in a monetary society. So don't like this. I understand. And I, and I will, I, I buy into the concept that yoga is for everybody and that it, it should be offered and da, da 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 Yes. And I also live in this society where I'm exchanging, you know, money and stuff like that. So I have to do the things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Guys just, yeah. I mean, I want a life of abundance. My goal is to buy a rainforest so that no one builds any buildings on it. So, you know, I've got to do really freaking well with money because I've got to buy a whole country. So <laughs> that's my goal. I'm going to buy a country and turn it into a rainforest. And I think yeah. that that's a good reason to have a lot of money. So I don't yeah. think I'm a bad person for wanting a lot of money. Yeah, okay. yeah, not at all. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a bad person nothing, for wanting a lot of money. I want to buy my there's, rainforest. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with wanting abundance or, 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 or any of that. It's just getting really clear as to your why. You know, when, yeah. it, when, it, comes, when it comes down to any of this stuff, is understanding your why. It's completely knowing what you're doing the thing for. If you're doing it for, you know, the fame or whatever it is, like, good luck. Great, like, good on you. Some people are really good at wanting to be famous and they get there, but I don't know 
how much your deepest soul, which is a real thing, especially if you're a yogi, you'll know that there's a part of you that's your superficial yeah. intelligence, but there's also that deeper soul part of who you are, that kind of, that deeper part of you will probably stop withering away and dying and you won't feel very good within yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's sad. 